The following is transcribed. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. It's Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. While Superman is far away, cub reporter Jimmy Olsen asks what he thinks is a genie to grant another wish and receives an amazing reply from the tiny bronze figure. Give me another big newspaper scoop, Shushire, will you? Yes, I will grant your wish, Master. Now you're talking. But for the last time. For the last time? Well, why? What's When the... I have granted this wish, you will need me no more. For tonight you will achieve immortality. Immortality? Hmm. Just how does he mean that? Ever had a really bad sunburn, gang? Well, I know a boy who once was so badly sunburned that he almost had to go to the hospital. You see, last summer, on the first hot day, he went out to the beach early in the morning. He stayed all day eating lunch there, and by 5 o'clock, he began to wonder why he itched so much. Then on the way home, he noticed his skin was the color of a very ripe tomato and was very hot. And soon it was so sore that even the touch of his clothes was a searing pain. Of course, his mother quickly called the doctor who arrived to find him on the bed moaning in agony. The doctor applied some soothing cream and fed him some drugs to put him to sleep. But he told my friend's mother that if the boy had remained in the sun a little longer, it might have been necessary to take him to the hospital. Now the trouble was, the doctor explained... The boy didn't know that you must build up an immunity to the sun's rays. That means expose yourself for just a short time while at first and gradually increase the time in the sun. Now, gang, you don't want to be in my friend's predicament, do you? Well, to avoid that, try to remember these rules suggested by the American Red Cross. One, build up immunity to sunburn little by little. Two, use a good sunburn ointment. Three, if you do get a sunburn, apply calamine lotion or a tannic acid solution and jelly. Remember, doctors will tell you that a sunburn is a real burn like that from a fire and is not healthy. So be smart. Avoid too much sun. Be content to brown gradually. And now, the adventures of Superman. A tiny bronze figure of a genie which apparently has the power of speech has directed Jimmy Olsen to two sensational newspaper scoops. But both times, only the opportune arrival of Superman saved the young reporter's life. Jimmy was showered with praise and editor Perry White doubled his salary. But Superman, who masquerades as reporter Clark Kent, was convinced that some unknown person was trying to take Jimmy's life. Then a special delivery letter addressed to Jimmy fell into Kent's hands and furnished him with a possible clue. Warning Lois Lane not to let Jimmy out of her sight while he was gone, Kent secretly resumed his true identity of Superman and streaked to the little town of Pine Valley, Vermont. 
And as we join him now, once more in his guise of the mild-mannered, bespectacled reporter, he is in the small law office of Lucius Tuttle, a tall, spare, white-haired man. Tell me, Mr. Tuttle, did you send a special delivery letter to Jim Olson in Metropolis telling him he had inherited $10,000? I did. Well, then... Then you mean Jim really did inherit that money? Of course he did. Left to him by his Uncle Lem. <laughs> Guess your young friend was surprised, eh? He certainly will be. As I understand it, Uncle Lem not only hated his stepbrother, Jim's late father, but he hated Jim and his mother, too. He sure did, Mr. Kent. Lem hated just about everybody. I expect he even hated himself. Well, then how do you explain his leaving $10,000 to his nephew? <laughs> Easy. He did it despite Abner. Abner? Who's he? Abner Quinn. He's Lem's nephew on his mother's side. Oh. And an no-account good for nothing if ever I seen one. Mean, too. <laughs> Guess that's why Lem come as close to liking Abner as he ever come to liking anybody. That mean streak appealed to him. Meaning no disrespect to the dead, Mr. Oh, King. no, of course not. But tell me, Mr. Tuttle, why didn't he leave his money to Abner instead of to Jim Olson? Told you. Lem aimed to spite Abner. But why in heaven? On account of Abner wouldn't stay up here on Lem's farm and take care of him when Lem got to ailing. Oh. Lem wanted to save the price of a hired hand, you see. But Abner, he'd come up for a little while and then go right back to Metropolis to his card playing and fast friends. I see. Or once in a while, when Lem wouldn't give him any money, Abner'd get a little job acting on the stage. Oh? He's got kind of a talent for it, but he's too lazy to work at it. I see, but why... Oh, so did... about a month ago it was, just a couple of weeks before he went to meet his maker. Lem called me in. Tuttle, he says, I want you to draw me a new will. Fix it so as my brother's son, Jim Olson, gets all my cash and securities. About $10,000 that'll come to. And he cut Abner Quinn off completely? Yep. He don't get a cent, said old Lem to me, excepting if anything happens to Jim Olson before my will is probated. Uh-oh. In that case, Abner can have my $10,000, Lem says. But I don't figure he'll get it, because Jim's just a young fellow. Wait, Mr. Tuttle. Does Abner Quinn know about this new will? <laughs> He sure does, Mr. Kent. He does, eh? Why, he come running up here for Lem's funeral, his hands itching to get hold of the money. When I told him he wasn't getting a red cent, his face turned so red, and his eyes got so mean, I thought he was going to kill me. Well, did you tell him then about the provision in the will whereby he'd get his uncle's money if anything happened to Jim Olson? Nope. I wasn't going to tell him anything. But the next day, he come up here with a fast-talking city lawyer demanding to see the will. And you showed it to him? Uh, yes. Uh-oh. I didn't have to, but I wanted to see Abner's face when he saw he was cut off. What did he say? <laughs> he hit the ceiling. Oh, of course. But he knew he was licked. His lawyer friend told him so. Yeah, he was licked, that is, unless something happened to Jim before the will was probated. Uh, that's right, Mr. Kent. According but... to your letter to Jim, Mr. Tuttle, the will is being probated tomorrow. Is that correct? Yep, it is. All right. Now, do you happen to know where Abner Quinn is now? Why, I expect he's back in Metropolis. That's where he usually is. Do you know his address in Metropolis? Eh, uh, I reckon I've got it here in my book. Well, would you please give it to me? Yeah. Uh, here it is. Ah, uh, here it is. Broadway Hotel, 219 West 48th I know the place. It's a third-rate theatrical hotel. All right, I'll get going now, Mr. Tuttle. Many thanks. Out of these clothes. If Abner Quinn is behind these mysterious attacks on Jim, he'll try to finish him tonight, before his uncle's will is probated tomorrow. So I'd better get to his hotel fast as Superman. There we are. All set. Now, up, up! And away! Leaping high into the sky above Little Pine Valley, Superman glances briefly at the setting sun, then rockets away for Metropolis and Abner Quinn's hotel. 
Meanwhile, having received his instructions from the genie in Clark Kent's office in the Daily Planet, Jimmy Olsen, the carved box containing the genie under his arm, steps into the now almost deserted city room. He starts quickly toward the elevators, but stops abruptly when Lois Lane calls to him. Jim, just a minute, please. Huh? Oh, Miss Lane, what? Where are you going? Who, me? Yes, you. Oh, uh, I'm going out. Out where? Well, uh, I'm going to eat dinner. Oh, good idea. I'm rather hungry myself. I'll go with you. Oh, no, you can't. Why, Jim, are you refusing to eat with me? Oh, no, it's not that, Miss Lane. It's just, just... Well, I already promised to eat with somebody, see, and I... Well, why can't I... Say, what's that noise? Well, what noise? Well, don't you hear it? That kind of a, a rattling noise? Oh, uh, why, it's not... I think it's coming from that little box you're carrying. Let's see it, Jim. No, don't touch it. Why not? What's in it? Uh, well, uh, it's a surprise. Surprise? Jim, is there something alive in that box? Uh, no, uh, yes, I mean, I don't know. You don't know? No, I've got to go now, Miss Lane. You may as well know right now, Jimmy Olsen, that you're not going anyplace without me. Now, listen, Miss Lane. Now, got... tell me, what is in that box? Gee whiz, can a fella take a, a surprise to a girl without everybody butting in? Oh, so you've got a date with a girl. Well... Who is it? Jeannie? Huh? The one Clark and I thought was giving you those story tips? Oh, uh, no, no, it isn't. Now, look, Miss Lane, i got to go. All right, I'm ready. I'm very anxious to meet your girl, Jim. No, I... I can't take you along, Miss Lane. Now, don't, don't you be silly, Jimmy. I'll only stay for a little while. I just want to meet the girl and see what's in that box. But, but, look, Miss Lane, I'll call her up first and tell her, okay? Well, yes, if you think that's necessary, but... I'll call her right now. Well, where are you going? Here's the phone on this desk. I'll call her from Mr. Kent's office. Oh, okay, Jim. I understand. Whew. I'm in a spot. Miss Lane insists on tagging along. Shushaya said I had to go alone tonight. What'll I do? Jimmy seems to be trapped. Or is he? We'll be back in a moment to find out, so keep listening. Say, gang, don't you find the woods swell in the summertime? Well, they are. But there are a few things in the woods that you've got to watch out for. And one of the most unpleasant of these is the poison ivy family which includes poison oak. These plants are so attractive because of their shiny green leaves, always arranged in clusters of three. But it's that very shininess on the leaves that makes them dangerous, because it is a special oil secreted by these plants that on contact causes your skin to get red and swollen. It's like all get-out. Worse, blisters may form and infection set in. Now, it isn't really hard to prevent infection from poison ivy and oak, and here are some ideas suggested by the American Red Cross. If there is the slightest possibility that you've touched any, wash as soon as you can, using plenty of hot water and soap, five or six times at least. Then, wash with rubbing alcohol and rinse in water. Now, even with these precautions, you still may develop a rash. Now, if you do, the Red Cross suggests you use one of these methods. One, apply dressing soaked with a strong solution of Epsom salts. Two, use a paste made of soap and a little water. Three, and probably best, get your doctor to suggest something. And always call in a doctor in severe cases. Now, if you follow these precautions, gang, you won't have to worry about the annoyance and possible danger of infection that comes from poison ivy and poison oak. So keep your eyes open. And now... 
Back to the adventures of Superman. Once more in his guise of Clark Kent, Superman walks swiftly into the almost deserted city room of the Metropolis Daily Planet and sees Lois Lane reading a newspaper at Jimmy Olsen's desk. Hello, Lois. Oh, Clark. Did you find out about Jim's $10,000 inheritance? Not so loud. It's on the level, all right. I told you so. Now I hope you'll stop your nonsense about tricks and plots to murder Jim. Lois, now I'm sure it isn't nonsense. Oh, now, Clark, you just... Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me finish. Jim gets his legacy, all right, but only if he's still alive tomorrow. Huh? If he isn't, the money goes to one Abner Quinn. And my hunch is that Abner is the person who's been trying to get rid of Jim. Why, but who's Abner? And why he's would... He's the distant cousin of Jim's who, according to the terms of their uncle's will, gets the legacy if anything happens to Jim before tomorrow. I see, Now, but... I've just been to Abner's hotel, but he checked out a couple of days ago and didn't leave a forwarding address. So I put Candy Myers on his trail. Oh, and meanwhile, we just make sure that Jim doesn't get out of our sight until... Say... Where is Jim? Oh, relax. He's in your office telephoning to his girl. Now, wait and a now minute. now that you're back, I can Jim stop Jim is him. not in my office, Lois. Now, stop that, Clark. I just saw him go in, and I've been sitting right here watching just the door. Just I tell you he is not in my office. Come here. Oh, Clark, really? Look! Good grief. You're right. Of course I am. Now, where he in He couldn't been... have left without my seeing him. Why, I was sitting right there watching well, the he's door. he's gone, though. Lois, pray that he... he... Oh, no, Clark. Oh, no. <laughs> What has happened to Jimmy? How could he have left Kent's office when Lois was waiting and watching outside the door? We'll learn the amazing answers to most of these questions in tomorrow's fine-thrilling episode, fellows and girls. So be sure to listen. Tune in, same time, same station, for Chapter 9 of The Secret of the Genie on The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a transcribed, copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at this same time. Watch for the Superman Adventure Serial, soon to be shown at your local movie theater. This program came from New York. Stay tuned to your mutual station for Adventure Parade, which follows in just a moment. Right after Adventure Parade, you'll hear Tom Mix and his straight shooters. This is a mutual broadcasting system. Welcome back. Well, we start to get an idea of what the motive might be, and yeah, I'm having a bit of trouble with it. Even in 1948, $10,000, you know, it wasn't nothing, but it's also not all that much relatively compared to all the amount of elaborate labor that's gone into setting all these traps. In today's money, that's just a shade over $100,000. So you think about the transmitter, all this stuff. I was hoping it was a real enemy from the past going after uh, Jim. But maybe there's more to this. From what I gather, if he is Abner had inherited anything from his uncle, maybe it's just the orneriness. It's like, darn it, I know that this is not that much money, really. All things considered, for all this risk and effort and expense that goes into this, but darn it, I'm so ornery that I'm going to do it. And as an aside, I've noticed that Abner is a very common name on the radio and also in other Golden Age entertainment, but you hardly find anyone who's, well, young at all, 
who's got the name Abner. It's one of those names that's gone out of fashion because it's seen as old-fashioned. All right, well, that will actually do it for today. Join us back here on Sunday, Part 9. In the meantime, if you do have a comment, send it to me, adam at adamsweb.us, and be sure and rate the show on iTunes, and pick up your copy of Powerhouse's Heroic Adventures Bundle. In the meantime, from Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.